0: You're listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List online and my name is Andrew Mackay-Smith. Hope you're well. The interview subject I have coming up for you is indeed special. It is Neil Morse, a prog rock icon. The reason for the conversation with Neil is because he has two shows, acoustic and in the raw in Australia. Of course, there can only be two cities if you're playing two shows in Australia. (laughs) Where else would they be but Melbourne and Sydney? Sydney. Melbourne, your first cab off the rank on the 31st of January 2020 at the Evelyn Hotel. And then Sydney, you've got your show at Crowbar on the 1st of February. So here he is, the prog master, Neil Morse. Hey Neil, it's Andrew McKay-Smith calling for our chat. How are you going?
1: Hey, it's going great, man. How are you
0: doing? Oh, I'm, I'm very good, man. Very good. I, I assume you've had a, a fairly busy day of interviews and the like, so how have they been going? Oh, it's been really great. Yeah. I just finished up uh, all the first
1: draft of all my stuff on the new Transatlantic. Nice. And now I'm just I'm practicing for these shows in Australia and I'm really excited to be coming there and yeah, it's it's really cool.
0: Yeah. Look, uh oh, that sounds awesome by the way. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh look, it's it's really hard to know where to start when I was thinking of questions to ask you because you're, okay, because you appear as a driving force in almost forty studio albums of material, and uh, there's triple that when you start including compilations and live material, and no doubt some other fan goodies that you've put out there. But, but as far as I'm concerned, mate, you've become a, something of a byword as the thinking man's heavy metal or hard rock musician. You know what I mean when I say that. You know, you tend to appeal to us hard rock and heavy metal musicians and fans, and you do count a horde of musicians in your audience. I think you're the only rivaled by King's X, really, on that front, and you're part of a peer group that includes Paul Gilbert, Eric Burden from The Animals, there you go, that's incredible, Mike Portnoy, Steve Morse, uh, Peter Truavis out of Marillion, and so many more. All of these artists, including yourself, you know, such important and critically revered musicians born of the late 20th century and, and the early 21st century where we are now, but Mate, here you are now having a chat to little old me, <laughs> preparing for these two shows as you mentioned in Australia, performing uh, acoustic and un- unplugged, so to speak. So, mate, all of that said, that preamble there, how on earth do you colour list from such a vast and impressive resume? <laughs> well,
1: that, that's funny you should ask me because I was just creating it today, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I was and I was looking and I was looking at. You know, well, there's there's only so much I can really pull off of my catalog, you know, by myself. Hmm. But, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the prog, the, you know, the heavy, real heavy prog stuff is very, you know, it's, it it takes many musicians. It takes more than, you know, four or five. Sometimes, you know, that's why at Fest we'll have like, you know, 30 people on stage. <laughs> So, Indeed. Uh, yeah, I've been looking at what can I do effectively. And, uh, yeah, it's a challenge, but it's it's a fun one.
0: Look, and, and the obvious question, too, and I don't want to punish you over this, but <laughs> told you for a moment. Um, you're only playing the two shows. Are you are coming all this way to play the two shows? Now, I know there's a lot that goes into putting on shows regardless, but were, were Brisbane and Perth a consideration? Oh,
1: um, yeah, well, I actually threw it out there. We were coming. we we're, we're, my wife and I. Uh, my wife had booked a vacation there, actually, uh-huh. and then she, and then she said, "Why don't you see if somebody can book some shows?" <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so that's that's the that's the truth of it. Um, and Fair I enough. just threw it out there to uh, to a, to some agents that I knew actually in Europe and said, "Hey, do you have any connects in Australia?" and and this is what they came up with. Uh, I had said that, yeah, I, I had said I could do more shows, but
0: uh, these were the ones that made the most sense, and so yeah, we're just doing the two. Yeah, they're the two major, the two port cities in Australia at the end of the day where most people fly into and have have some awareness of it. I mean, at the end of the day, people can travel. You know, we're not that. I mean, you know, we're all sort of pretty far apart the cities, but we're only sort of an hour or two away from each other on the eastern seaboard, so there's no dramas there. Right. You know? Oh, good. So. Uh, I hope you don't mind me asking you this question, uh, because uh, I think this is very. When I when I say brave of you, the fact that you are a, a Christian and you're very, uh, you're you're very forthright about that too, and the way your faith informs your music. But I guess that's the question for you: is uh, how does your Christian faith inform your music these days?
1: Well, you know, I'm always, I'm whenever I'm. Uh, you know, singing or I'm working on the lyrics to things, you know, um, you write from your heart. And if your heart is changed, so to speak, you know, your Hmm. heart is, you know, about the Lord. And you're really thankful for just all that he's done. And, you know, it's a very natural thing to just express that in your music. And so I'm just amazed that there's a, it he always seems to help me to express it in a way that maybe I haven't said in quite the same way. Hmm. That's the, that is actually the challenge. The challenge is how to talk about, you know, a similar thing like the love of God or the spirit of God or, or whatever you might, however you might want to want to
0: put it. You know,
1: yeah. how can you talk about it in a way in a way that's fresh and compelling?
0: Yeah. That's a really good point, right there. I think is uh, look. I grew up in an era where black metal, death metal was very much focused on the satanic and the uh, the subversive, if you like, and um, and it became something that you know you 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 know you're brave for being out there and having these views and opinions about Satanism and or whatever it might be. But it's sort of come back around these days where I think people who are expressing their Christian faith in in a way that you are, where it's not fully you know you're not you know bashing somebody over the head with it, but it's there if you want to dive into it. I think it's a wonderful thing, mate, because, uh, mate, as we all know, mate, uh, and I don't necessarily think the world is a bad place, but if you read a lot of mainstream media, you're going to bloody well think it's a bad place, and you need things to get, to make you feel uplifted, and I think your music's a very good medium for that.
1: Well, thanks, man. Yeah, you know? that's true. <laughs> if you just make, if you watch too much of the news, you know, you can... <laughs>
0: Oh, it, yeah. must be, it must be crazy over there in the States at the moment with the impeachment hearings and uh, yeah. you know, how partisan the media is in the United States. We're similar, but nowhere near as bad, it must be said, in the United States with the, the Fox versus CNN things. So what, how, do, how, do you, how do you cope with that as an American citizen? Do you just tune out and just leave it up to the talking heads to try to procure advertising revenues by, make, by trying to drive people to opposite ends of the political spectrum?
1: Well, I, my wife watches a lot of news. I do not, I, you know, but I, I found the impeachment hearings actually fascinating uh, until it got like repetitious. Mm. I mean, it's very repetitious. Yeah. But, uh, um, I, I like actual news, which means not commentary. Yes. You know, so it's, yeah. it's hard to, it's hard to find actual news that it isn't you know that they've got to fill their 24 hours and, they fill it mostly with, with commentary. And there's, not, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you know, but it's, not, it's just not news. I think we should differentiate. They should just have this is commentary going on, you know, yeah. as a little streamer yeah. at the bottom. Because <laughs> people think that these guys' opinions is actually what happened, and it's just two different things.
0: Oh, that's very articulate, very good way of putting it. I was just having a text conversation with someone, one of my mates who lives over in Thailand, a moment ago about that. And uh, so much of uh, journalism and commentary is actually activism dressed up. It ain't news to your exact point. And there almost needs to be a disclaimer in the same way. You buy a packet of cigarettes and it's, uh, it says smoking will kill you on it. <laughs> there should be something in the way that it said politi- this, this, this political commentary will bore you because it isn't news, <laughs> that sort of thing. Yeah, well, just you know, as long as people know the difference, I think that'd be helpful. Indeed, yeah. All right, <laughs> let's uh, let's talk about the music again because uh, look, yeah, I've got to ask: Is there, you know, Spock's Beard, Transatlantic, Yellow Matter, Custard, your own band, and God knows how many other projects you've been involved in? All quality, it must be said. But is there an aspect of your career so far that really stands out as a personal best?
1: wow um I, one thing that always comes to mind was uh transatlantic headlining that uh the prognation nation cruise several years ago mm-hmm. um that was amazing playing like into the blue as we were leaving miami that was and w- a real special thing happened on that cruise we got to uh, perform a bunch of yes music with john anderson nice yeah. and uh that was that was pretty surreal, you know. Um, yeah, I, I was singing the Chris Choir parts on a lot of the Yes stuff. So wow, yeah. singing, here I am singing harmonies with John Anderson. That was <laughs> really, really cool. Um, yeah, well, actually, every fest is like uh, a peak experience. Every Every one of them really have been like for me, in some way, like the the closing scene of "It's a Wonderful Life" or something, it's just mm-hmm. it's so amazing and fulfilling. And you know, there's the music, and there's the love, and the love of the people, and the love of God, and, and then just the the whole thing's just just really extremely blessed. Mm. You know, I, I've just I've been really uh, very blessed to live this life.
0: I guess it begs a the question then. Is there any aspect of your extraordinary career that you'd do over again or you'd change? Oh, well, let's see.
1: Well, you know, I mean, I guess I had to do what I had to do. You know how it is, right? Hmm. Yeah, I do. But no, um, yeah. I probably would have quit trying to get a major mainstream record deal as a singer-songwriter sooner yep. than I did. I mean, all through the '80s, all through my 20s, I was writing, you know, singer-songwriter songs, and I'll—I I'll love—I still write singer-songwriter songs. I put out singer-songwriter albums like Life and Times and Songs from November, and I'll be playing probably quite a few of those actually at these gigs because you know that is kind of that's kind of the vibe of the you know solo acoustic artist, you know. Mm. But yeah. uh, I. I I was trying to get a record deal in LA as a singer songwriter for a long time until I kind of like got fed up with it and really checked out and quit in about ninety one and that's when I started writing um some of the music that became Spock's Beard, you know, and um but I don't know. I mean I think it all happened at the right time. I just had to I had to go through a lot of stuff to
0: get there. Hmm. And I understand you now. I I was only reading Wikipedia to find this out uh, last night, but you started off singing country, is that right?
1: No, no. I moved to Nashville to try to uh get a publishing deal uh with uh-huh. some country uh companies cuz I I I I was dating this girl that was a country singer and and country was just starting to p- become more pop, you know. Yep. And uh so I, I tried my hand at writing some stuff like that, and I thought it was pretty good. And no, that, no, I tried that for about a year when I first moved here to Nashville, and it went really, it went well. But I kind of got, you know, more involved. That was when the frog stuff started to take off, and hmm. that was definitely more where, I, where my heart was. So I wound up just throwing myself into that more.
0: Yeah, though well, I guess that, that leads into the question that I or, about who you were influenced by because it's a heck of a jump if it was country into prog. I don't think anybody's done it actually. And that's what I thought you might've been the first person to actually do it. But who, who did you grow up? Who did you grow up listening to? Who were you inspired by? Obviously I know the Beatles were a big influence, but was there anybody else that really, really inspired you?
1: Oh yeah. Like loads of people,
0: you know, um,
1: I was waiting, yeah, like the, the Beatles been the first, the, that was a big primary, Hmm. One, but then you know, I I loved a lot of the uh, singer songwriters uh, like Simon and Garfunkel. Um, I really later on I kind of I really got into Cat Stevens and James Taylor, and I I, I also got really into like you know what were were the heavy rock bands of the time Black Sabbath, New Purple. Purple hmm. and then nice. then I kind of migrated. I saw Yes open for Black Sabbath, and really it really changed my life and I was like, oh wow. It was like a whole new possibility in music for me. And uh so then I got really super into yes and um you know, that led me to Genesis and King Crimson and ELP, man, I was a big ELP fan. Nice. Jeff tall and yep. Gentle Giant, you know, all all those guys and Yeah, but lots of different music. I mean then later on, you know, I got really into Elvis Costello and Joe Jackson and Man, I could just go on, you know, Peter Gabriel.
0: Yeah, yeah, nice, oh, yeah. So much, so much good music. What did, what did you think of the ELP version that had Cozy Powell and drums?
1: I didn't really experience that. I wasn't really, I think I was into other stuff when that was happening.
0: Yeah, I didn't even know it wasn't, it was even a thing until recently because he's possibly my favorite drummer of all time. And uh, I was looking at his resume, and there, there it was. He was in ELP, and they actually—I think—they changed the name from Palmer to Powell. That's what the P was, you know, whilst he was in the band. And and I thought, wow, God! I mean, he was such an impactful drummer. But, uh, but yeah, there you go. Yeah, there's so many, so many great artists that you just mentioned there. That you know, anybody listening, because if you're cool, man, I'll release this as a podcast, host a podcast series, and people, uh, all of the artists that you mentioned there are so important. I think, especially if you're a young and burgeoning musician, because these are the teachers, if you like, and these are the people who not necessarily if they didn't do it first, they certainly brought it to mainstream attention first. Is that something you'd agree in terms of so, so much of the wonderful techniques that you employ as well?
1: Oh yeah. I mean, you know, some of these guys, I mean, I, you can still listen to the, you know, some of their early records. Like, a record that really blows my mind is uh, ELP's "Pictures in an Exhibition." There it is, I think, 1971, and they're playing this thing live. Like it's, it's yeah, incredible. It's, it's amazing. I mean, I'm sure there's no overdubs or anything. I mean, it's it's just killer. You know, those, yeah. as you, go, you just listen to it, and guys. Like, okay, like when you have it, you have it, and those guys did.
0: And they're recording to tape as well a lot of the time, aren't they, these guys in the 70s and 80s? So I think that's how it was done. I mean, it's no other way to do it. And uh, Oh, you,
1: yeah,
0: sure. Yeah, you're either, that's on, I mean, you're either on point or you're not. You've, you're on point and you've got a gig or and you, you can do this or you're not. And I sort of, I wouldn't say, oh, because I'm 41, I remember the, the tail end of some of those, but like working with musicians who came out of that when I was in my very early 20s. And I remember how really... I wouldn't say they were really strict in the rehearsal room, but, yeah, you, you got the look, the sideways eye, I used to call it, if you kept on stuffing up or you weren't really well rehearsed, put it that way. And and I think that a lot of young musicians these days, mate, they, uh, they're really about playing as fast as they possibly can and putting up a YouTube video, but they're not really learning how to be good musicians, which I think the way that I've just described really, really teaches you. So do, do you, do you get a lot of young musicians, a lot of starting guitarists and singer songwriters and that sort of thing, reaching out to you and asking you questions?
1: I do. Yeah. Um, and I really enjoy that. I even, I even have something called the radiant school once a year where, you know, students come to my studio and I spend a week with them writing and, you know, uh, you know, listening to their stuff, coaching them mm. and uh, mixing and, do, you know, it's kind of doing the talking about the whole process. And uh, it's great. Uh, anything I can do, you know, to help. And there's a lot, there's some really killer young players that have come here,
0: actually. Young, young composers too.
1: What, it's, uh,
0: it's cool. I'm trying to, we're trying
1: to help them, you know, get going.
0: Well, it might be, It'd be awesome for a, a up and coming singer songwriter or composer to have some time with you. Yeah, it's. Uh, and I guess that leads into the next question from the perspective that you, you know. I, I think you are a very influential musician on other musicians. But is there is there anything in music that's happening right now, say in twenty twenty, that you really like and that's that is new that's really caught your ear?
1: Oh well, you know I really like uh, these. There's some these new sort of jazz fans like Snarky Puppy and I mean they're not that new anymore but this mm. is kind of new to some of us and there's a there's a local band here in Nashville that's kind of like that it's called the the Dynamo Band and I saw them play actually at a friend's wedding and it was like really cool like jazz jazz fusion but grooving and different mm. like different not effect you know it's kind of like this generation's take on
0: Gas fusion. I it's it's just cool. Yeah, we could I yeah. like it. <laughs> All right, mate, that's it. Yeah, thanks so much for the conversation. I really appreciate it. Um yeah, look, I mean these shows are gonna be very well attended as I'm sure uh ticket sales have already indicated, mate. So, um, yeah, I'm just so caught up with with kids, and I'm at uni, back at uni these days, I won't be able to fly down and make it. But if you're playing in Brizzy, mate, hint for next time. (laughs) See if you can make our city. Okay. It'll be awesome to see you.
1: All right, man. Well, it's been great talking with you, man.
0: Likewise, mate. Just congratulations, yeah.
1: Sorry you can't make it to the shows. They're going to be really, really good, I think.
0: Oh, mate, they're, I'm, I'm jealous, i got to say. You know, I'd, I'd love to be in the audience. But, mate, um, mate, I'm sure you'll be back down again because you know you've got a fan base down here, mate. So, uh, mate, just congratulations on an epic career and please keep on doing what you're doing.
1: All right, thanks a lot, man.
0: Thanks, mate. No worries. Good talking to you. Right. Take thanks. care, bro. Bye. Thanks. Bye. You've been listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that of course syndicates for The A-List Online and my name is Andrew Mackay-Smith. That interview subject was the one and only, the prog master himself, Mr Neil Morse. Thanks for listening.